So we are, uh, we are currently continuing our season or, or, or our series looking at um, Seek First the Kingdom. And today we're going to look at very, two very short parables uh, that Jesus told. And uh, they're found in Matthew 13, and it's just two verses, or three verses, 44 to 46. Now I'm going to see if this works. Excellent, there we go. <coughs> So let's just read those. Um, so the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Very, actually very straightforward, very simple parables that Jesus told. Uh, they're very short, but they do reveal something about the kingdom. And there's, this is in a series of parables, and each one gives a, an aspect of the kingdom that Jesus is trying to convey, trying to understand, uh, help, help his disciples understand what this is all about. What is uh, this uh, kingdom and why is it so good? And, um, and before I go into any more detail of the parable, I want us to just re recall um, and just think about what is it um, that this kingdom is? Because the kingdom uh, is this treasure and this pearl. <coughs> and it's clearly seen as something incredibly valuable. So what is it? Now, we looked at this last time, and, and I know um, Jamie spoke about it last week. And, uh, uh, and basically, it's, you know, we, this is what, what we're, we're talking about, is what is this kingdom and why is it so good? Now, um, we know that the kingdom of God, where Jesus reigns, where Jesus is, where God is and his rule is, is the most wonderful place. Mm. It's a place of righteousness and peace and joy. It's a place of hope. It's a place of help, provision, Amen. power and love. Amen. And... And I particularly want to focus on a verse that I, I um, brought last time, which is this one. And actually, it came out in a number of our songs uh, this morning, uh, which, oh, which is this one. For the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I, I hope you, you picked up on that in a number of the first song and a few of the other songs. It came through this reality of the kingdom being righteousness, peace and joy and, and, and love obviously comes into that as well. Now this is a summary of the treasure that was found in the field or the pearl. And the reason this is so vital is that this uh, could, you could sum up as this is what the world wants. Amen. And Amen. you'd only to spend time with people for too long when you know, you get a sense of what they are desiring, what they are after. And when you talk to people, uh, many people carry guilt around with them over things that have happened either years ago or recently. They carry stuff uh, that they, they're not happy about and they can't get rid of. What the kingdom of God promises is righteousness, God's righteousness. And that is that we are declared not guilty. We don't have 
to feel guilty about anything because Christ has taken it. Amen. And so this righteousness that, that is, is in the kingdom is for us to be able to stand tall knowing that we are forgiven and that we are loved, that we had nothing uh, is against us, that we don't need to feel guilty about anything anymore. And so it's an incredible gift, it's an incredible thing that the world would love to have. And, uh, and the world will chase after all sorts of things to try and get rid of the guilt or the, or the bad things that they feel. So we look at the next one, peace. The world craves peace and it will go after anything that they think will give them peace. It's what sells a new house, it's what sells a new car, it's what sells holidays. Oh, if you, if you, if you have this, you, you will reach that place Amen. of complete peace and happiness that you've been searching for. If you go to this place, you will get it. And so the world, and those that are in marketing, understand that, that the world is searching for these things, and it will offer them, albeit very temporarily, because the world can never offer these things, truly. It might do it for a while. And the same is with joy. The world seeks to have happiness and joy, and it will seek it in any way it can get it. It can seek it through relationships, through, um, through shopping, um, through alcohol, through drugs, through all those sort of things. And all those sort of things that the, the world will pursue because it's trying to fill that lack of peace, that lack of joy, that, that, lack of, that, that sense of guilt, that sense of, of not being right. And it will just pursue these things. And what God is offering, he says, actually the kingdom of God has this in complete abundance. And that is why it's such a precious treasure. Because it answers the deepest needs in humankind. It has the answer to that in Jesus Christ. is the answer to the deepest need that every human being has. That of acceptance, that of guiltlessness, that of peace, that of joy. <coughs> And these parables are about people finding that Hallelujah. and realising, wow, Hallelujah. wow, this Amen. is incredible. Amen. And the two parables are very slightly different, they're very similar, but they're very different. The first one is about a chap, or chapess, who is wandering around and accidentally finds something amazing. He's not looking for it, it says he was digging in the field, and then suddenly discovered something. And uh, he realised that this was incredibly valuable. So he sells everything and he gets the treasure. Hallelujah. Very simple. Now one of, the, uh, one of the commentators, we can't read too much into parables, so we have to be a little bit careful. One of the cases uh, reckoned that, you know, the question was asked, well, why didn't, when he discovered the treasure, why didn't he just take it? Why didn't he just take it? Well, uh, the part, it wasn't his field. It clearly wasn't his field. And possibly if he'd taken it, the owner would have found out and said, wait a minute, you found that in my field, that's mine. And he would have lost it. So to make sure he didn't lose it, to make sure that it was his, to make sure that it was his by right and forever, he sold everything to buy the field that had the treasure in it. So that was discovering the treasure by accident. The other one is about a merchant <coughs> looking for treasure. He was intent on finding the best pearl that ever existed. 
And so he searched for it. He asked people. He went around. He was looking for this pearl. He was seeking it out. And then he found it. And again, the result was that he found, he suddenly, as soon as he found it, as soon as he was searching for something, he he recognised, this is it. He's not going to look for anything else. I have found what I have been looking for all this time. And and he, like the rest, the the other guy, sells, sells everything. He sells all his other pearls. He sells everything he's got to get what is this treasure. And so here we have two examples. And I guess all of us, can look back at how we came to Christ and we can fall into those two categories. Some found Christ by accident. We weren't even looking, we weren't even seeking and, uh, and God suddenly broke in. It might have been in a situation like this. It might have been talking to a neighbour. It might have been you just happened to pick up a Bible one day and read it. There's all sorts of reasons. One of the joys I, uh, of, of, of chatting is finding out how each individual came to know Christ. Amen. I'll tell you what, every single person here will have a unique Amen. testimony of how Christ met with them. Amen. Some were, it was just by accident. Amen. Others were searching for something. They were looking. They sought it out. They wanted to make sure that they found what was real. And they made a, uh, an effort and, and time, and they were looking for something that would satisfy, something Hallelujah. that would, uh, uh, would, would, would meet their needs. Amen. And they came across, and they searched, and they found it. Mm. And then they went for it. Mm. And I think that you know, all of us have, have, have got some sort of testimony or other. I'm um, listening to my son-in-law's testimony of how he uh, came to Christ. He was like the, the, the second guy. He, he, um, he was going out with my daughter and, uh, and uh, wanted to... She, she had a faith, but he, was conv- he didn't want to simply follow it because, you know, he liked my daughter. He wanted to find out for himself. So he read, he listened to sermons, he was seeking it out. He wanted to make sure that what he was being told was true. And I love that. I love that sense of... Actually, I want, to, I want to be convinced. I want to be sure. And, and obviously, through, after a while, he, he became convinced by listening to various things. And he said, yeah. Now, he's, a, he's an intelligent guy. And the wonder, wonderful thing is that our faith, although it is very much through faith, we become, uh, we, we, you know, we've become Christians, we, uh, we, we come to Christ through faith very much from first to last. But nevertheless, our faith is reasonable. Amen. It, it bears... Uh, seeking out and and uh, and looking into in depth, it's Amen. not. We don't have to throw away our, our our minds to come to Christ. We don't have to, you know, as the world will tell us. Oh, you know, you just have to be blind people who, you know, who, you know, who believe in unicorns to become. You know, that's not true. Actually, our faith bears interrogation. Amen. And uh, you know, and and you know, we can look at the world and we can look back at the, uh, the Bible. We can look back at history and r- realize. It all makes sense. It all does add up. Uh, you know, so, so I, you know, I, I do commend people who spend time understanding and seeking out for themselves uh, because it's a, it's a worthwhile pursuit. But we come to Christ that way. We come to Christ and, and, and what, what these parables tell us is that it's worth giving up everything else for that we don't come to Christ by saying, well, you know, I'll add Jesus to everything else that I've got. I'll add Jesus, and I'll, but I'll keep doing this, I'll keep doing this, and I'll keep doing this, because I want to I keep my bases 
covered. I want to just uh, hedge my bets. No, that's not how we come to Christ. We come to Christ saying, you are everything and I need what you have. And that's how we come. And we say, Jesus, I'm trusting you for everything. My life, I'm going to give up everything that hinders me from coming to you. I'm going to throw it all away. I'm going to give up relationships that have stopped me coming to you. I'm going to give up stuff that has, uh, that has hindered me from coming to you. I'm going to give all that up and I'm going to come to you because I trust you and I believe you have everything for me. Now that's how we come to Christ. The problem is, is that at times in our Christian war, we can start going back to, actually, I want Christ, but I, I need something else. I need, I need this to, to help me in my life. I need, I need to, uh, to go down this path because actually, in our minds, Christ isn't enough. And that is a, a problem for us, because as soon as we start going down that route, we start losing the reality of what Christ is for us. We, uh, I think I mentioned this last time, we in, a, in, in our Bible study groups on a, on a Wednesday have been looking at uh, the seven churches in Revelation, and all of them came to Christ through this way. They gave up everything, because they heard about it through... Paul or Epaphras, whoever went to the, the, the city, and they heard about this wonderful gospel. They understood about the kingdom, that it brought them peace with God, it brought them joy, it brought them righteousness, it brought them everything, and they went for it, in, and, they, and they embraced it. And, uh, and, 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 but what happened over the years, they, because of various things that happened to them, they had moved away from this soul dependent upon Christ, and they had brought other things in. It may have been because of persecution they were suffering. It may have been because they were, uh, they were getting wealthy and they saw that, that wealth was a, you know, was, was a desirable thing to have. There was all sorts of reasons. And God comes to them and says, look, you've, you've lost something. Do what you did at first. You've lost your first love. There's various things that he says to the churches to say, actually, you've moved away from this very simple thing. To give up everything for the sake of gaining the gospel. And as soon as we give it up, we lose its power. Amen. We lose what it's got for Amen. us. Because if we start trying to find other things, we will never get that peace, that joy, that righteousness, Amen. that hope that comes only from the kingdom. And it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us to say, am I still living in the way of this parable that simply says, I have given up everything that stops me from receiving all the good things of the kingdom. Am I putting something Amen. in its place Amen. that is a counterfeit? That promises, ah, yes, if you go this way, I'll give you peace. I'll give you security. I'll give you it. The world promises that in abundance, and then when we get there, it, it's, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Amen. It might do for a time. It might cover up some problem or some issue inside us for a time, you know, all, you know, all these things will do something for a time. They'll, make, they'll provide a little joy and they'll provide a little uh, peace. But it will never deal with the issues Hallelujah. in our hearts. Hallelujah. Only the kingdom does that. Hallelujah. Only Jesus does that. Amen. Paul talked about that in, uh, and I, I won't go into it, but in Philippians chapter 3. He says, uh, whatever I had, I consider now a loss for the sake of Christ. You see, Paul had everything. He was well thought of. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was renowned for being scholarly. He was renowned for having everything. He followed the law to the letter. 
He was esteemed by his colleagues. He, in worldly terms, he had made it. He was, he was everything the world at that time thought was brilliant. And he says, no, it's rubbish. It's rubbish, because if I, if I take any little bit of that, I lose Christ. Amen. Not that he could lose his salvation, Amen. but the benefits of the kingdom Hallelujah. would be lost to him. Hallelujah. And so they're rubbish. They're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get rid of that so that I may mm. have Christ. Mm. Him only. Him only. And so that is what this parable is, is encouraging us to be. Mm. Let us be wholly and completely <coughs> committed to, 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 to having the kingdom and all that right. offers in That's our lives. Right. Amen. Amen. And there's all sorts of things that can prevent it. Other parables talk about the deceitfulness of wealth. Mm. And uh, mm. uh, uh, and it talks about um, and, and cares and concerns of this world coming in and robbing us yes. of the truth of yes. the kingdom. Amen. So one of the um, one of the things that really spoke to me when I was a child. Uh, I grew up, as I've told you many times, in a church that it was a great church. I loved it, but it was fairly traditional. And um, uh, but God spoke to me in that church, and I became a Christian there. And I, so I, I loved what God did for me there. And one of the songs that we sung, which we don't sing here now, um, is a song that was written uh, back in 1160. Not surprised we don't sing it, <laughs> um, but some of you will know it. It's called "Jesus, the Joy of Loving Hearts," Amen. and it had this. This is the first line. Um, and it says there, Jesus, the joy of loving hearts, the fount of life, the light of men, from the best bliss that earth provides, I turn unfilled to you again. Now, this was written by Bernard of Clairvaux. Presumably he was French, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, in 1160, nearly 900 years ago, he had discovered something that is so precious that whatever the world offers is rubbish compared to the joy of knowing Jesus. He knew that. And whatever life was like 900 years ago, very different to now. But he had captured this. And, he captured, and actually the song goes on in all sorts of other ways to describe the, the joy of knowing Jesus and putting everything else aside. And, and, and he had discovered, and, he, and, and this parable is about us discovering for ourselves that Jesus and the kingdom is everything. Everything we could ever want. He provides of it. And, and we must be careful about putting other things in its place. Because they're counterfeit. And not only will they not work, but they will take away what Jesus offers us. But the other thing that I want to mention and I, 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 is that actually we need to be like this and ex experience this for ourselves and know it fully so that we can then be effective to others. Jesus says, freely I've given to you, I've given to you righteousness, I've given to you peace, I've given to you joy, I've given you all the gifts of the kingdom, the wonderful things of the kingdom. Now freely give. You see, if we don't experience them for ourselves, if we don't know them for ourselves, we can't give it away. And, and uh, one, of the things that we, one of the things that we will be talking about a lot is, is, is and I talked about a, a few weeks back, is how important it is us as Christians to be full. Amen. To be full of and overflowing with joy and hope and love, be full of the kingdom. Because as we are full, we overflow naturally to those around us. And if we're not full, if we, if we are trying to fill our lives with other stuff which doesn't fill us, then we won't have that to overflow to others. 
No, we, we can still talk about Jesus, but the effect will be lessened because actually coming alongside someone who is so full of joy is infectious. If we're, we're full of love, if we're full of joy, if we're full of hope, if we're full, full of peace, that is effect, infectious. People love being around people like that. And so what, the, the, to, to, to be an effective witness, we need to be full of the good things of the kingdom. I want to finish with a, an illustration from my work, if I may. Um, <clears throat> I'm an engineer, as many of you might know. And um, <clears throat> I work for Transport for London. And one of the things I'm responsible for on my team is, is this thing. It's a very exciting box. I think you'll agree. <coughs> what, what an amazing life I must lead at work. Anyway, this is called an Olby. I won't go into the details of it. Well, I will, a little bit about it. So, um, we have these all over the underground. You'll never see them because they're hidden in cupboards. And uh, I'll show you where one is. There we go. There's a, a platform, and that is one in a cupboard. Now, why am I telling you this? These are absolutely vital bits of equipment. If they start going wrong, we close the station. Simple as that. We can't have the station open if this thing isn't working properly. I don't know if you can imagine what it does. There's two things, if you're underground, you don't want to happen. One is a fire, and we've done an awful lot of work since the King's Cross fire many years ago to prevent that happening. What do you think the other thing we don't want to happen when you're deep underground? The lights. The lights. You don't want the lights to go out. This thing keeps the lights on. It's as simple as that. So if the power supply to the station fails, this kicks in. So very simply, this provides light in the darkness. Beautiful. Does that ring a bell to you? Beautiful. It provides light in the darkness. That's right. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, this is where being an engineer is fun. Now, we, we, we were working with a company. Uh, we've got a whole load of these. We've got 300 on, on, the, on the system. And they're falling apart because we put them in 25 years ago and we need to replace them. And we, we worked with a company to develop a new one. And uh, a couple of years ago, my job was to go to the company in Sheffield, and they'd made one, and my job was to see if I could break it. Oh, it was great fun. I spent a day trying to break this thing, and uh, we were there, and we were testing it, and we were turning the power off to it, and we were pulling bits out of it, and we were... And we were just seeing if we could stop it working. Because if it could stop working, it would be useless. And fortunately, it didn't. It did exactly what we wanted it to do. That whatever you did to it... Now, eventually, we stopped it working. Eventually. But actually, what happened? We had to do three or four things to it before it stopped working. We, you know, so, so, and, 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 so, and so it passed all its tests, and, and we're now installing them. Now, the point is, is that it took a number of things to go wrong before it stopped doing what it should. So what we had to make sure was when one of those things went wrong, we knew about it. It told us. Things aren't quite right here. 
Can you do something for me, please? And that's what we had. Now, what we don't have is when things start going wrong with this thing, we don't have lots of uh, lights flashing and, and bells going off and alarms, I have it, because apparently uh, people who travel on the underground don't like to hear that. It worries them a bit. So what we have is a box like this. Okay? It's a box that sits in the supervisor's office. It doesn't make a noise, it's just got lights on it. And all the time, it's got system healthy, he's happy. He's happy, the system is healthy, it's doing its job. It's going to provide light in the darkness. It's, it's, everything is right, everything is good. As soon as something goes wrong with the thing, that system healthy light goes off. And some of these other lights come on. Straight away, the person knows there's something not right. I know there's something not right. I don't know what it is. Now, what we don't want to do, this person sort of effectively owns this thing. What he doesn't want to do is take his spanner and his screwdriver and his hammer and go and sort it out. That would be a terrible thing. Because he doesn't know what he's doing. And that's, that's what we sometimes do. We have our system healthy light goes off. If we say there's something not right, I need to fix this. I'm going to take my hammer, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to take my hammer, I'm going to, I'm going to have something to drink. I'm going to take my, my screwdriver and I'm going to try and sort this out. The guy knows, I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't even touch this. Now, I, I know how this thing works. I wouldn't touch it. Just in case I'll make things worse. What we do is we get the maker in. We, we call the manufacturer and say, guys, there's something wrong with this. Can you sort it out, please? Can you fix it for us so that this thing still keeps working? Amen. And that's what they do. And they come out and they fix it and the healthy light goes back on. And the reason I'm telling you this, and I hope it's, the illustration is clear, is that actually God wants us to live with a system healthy light on. He Amen. wants us to live knowing that we are fully accepted. He wants us to live knowing that we are guilt he wants us to live knowing that his righteousness covers everything that Amen. we've ever done. Amen. He wants us to rest in his goodness. Amen. He wants us to know his peace that passes all understanding. Amen. He wants us to know joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what the kingdom offers. Amen. He's offering that to us. He wants us to be living and resting in that reality. Amen. And to have a system healthy light on. Amen. Such that we are able to provide light in the darkness, mm. not only to ourselves, but to those around us. Mm. He wants us to do that, and he's offering that, and he always offers that, but he says, you can't get it anywhere apart from me. Amen. You can't get it anywhere. If you start going down these other routes, if you start going down wealth routes, if you start going down any uh, relationship route or any of these things, these things aren't on their own aren't wrong, mm. but if they are replacing me trying to cover up lack of peace, lack of joy, lack of, lack of hope, lack of whatever it is. If, they, if you're trying to go these other things, then you are, your system healthy has gone. Amen. If Amen. only we had boxes like this strapped to us. Sometimes <laughs> we need it. I need to look and say, actually, my system healthy light has gone off. I need to think, what? God, I need you to come and help me. Amen. Because I'm not feeling that joy that you promised. Mm. We, 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 the song was talking about joy in the, in the face of chaos. We cannot, we, we can't excuse situations around us to say, oh, I'm going through a terrible time, therefore I shouldn't have joy. No. 
No, no, joy in chaos, peace in the most turbulent of times is what the kingdom offers us. Amen. And when we are, and actually when we are knowing that in the most difficult of times, that's when we're the most effective Amen. around us to Amen. those who say, how can you be like this? Amen. How can you be like Amen. this? How can you continue showing light in the midst of this terrible situation mm. you're going through? Mm. Well, because I've embraced and I know the kingdom. I yes. know what it offers me and mm. I, I, I can mm. rest in that. Mm. And so we need to just be so aware of our That's own right. system, healthy right. life. Are we living a healthy life? Mm. And then when those lights go off and these other lights go on, these warning lights inside us, we say, wait a minute, I'm not going to self-medicate, I'm not going to sort myself out, I'm going to go back to the person who understands me and who has promised to provide everything that I need. I'm going to go Amen. back to him, I'm going to go back to the good things of the kingdom, Hallelujah. and I'm going to give up everything else Hallelujah. to have this. Hallelujah. And this is what those parables are saying, actually, mm. this is everything. Mm. What he promises is everything, and actually, he's all you need, he's all I need. Absolutely. Amen. So let's just uh, spend a moment. I just want to spend a moment just uh, just let's just examine our own hearts. Let's just close your eyes for a moment. And to just ask yourself, is my system healthy light on? Am I enjoying, reveling in being loved and accepted and guilt-free in the presence of Christ. Is, is that what I'm enjoying? Is that what I'm feeling now? Do I really know that? If you do, wonderful. And, and, and that is the, your right as a child of God. Am I, am I at peace? Am I at peace? <coughs> am I knowing <coughs> the joy of the Holy Spirit? And if you know... <coughs> that actually in some areas that's not true, then the first thing, maybe, maybe the first thing we do is say, what have I been putting in the place? If there's anything that I've been putting in the place of Jesus that I've tried to fill that, then let's just repent of that. Let's turn away from anything we've tried to do in our own strength to fill that void. Because that's what it means. It's saying, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to have anything that's going to stop me getting the joy and the hope and the love and the righteousness of Christ. So let's just spend a moment. If there's anything that you've tried to put in his place, then just confess that. Confess that to God. And then let's just ask Holy Spirit to come to you and to re- retell, re-explain, re-kindle that reality that the kingdom of God, that Jesus will satisfy every single need that you have. That he provides peace that passes all understanding. He provides joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. That he has completely dealt with every part of your sin and it is gone away with and you don't have to do anything. Let that reality be applied to your heart and your life by the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. 
And let me just encourage you, just to not not to go through real examinations, you know, and, and you know, let's, we, no, God God is good. God doesn't want us to to be introverted all the time, or you know, whatever. But actually, be aware of how you're feeling. Be aware of. And, 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 and actually the Holy Spirit will, will point these things out to us and say, actually, no, my system isn't healthy at the moment. And let that be a trigger for you to go back to the lover of your souls. Let that be a trigger to go back to the shepherd who loves you. Let that be a tra- tra- uh, trigger for you to go back to the one who will provide everything that you need. Yeah. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for what you have promised us and what you give us in king, in your kingdom. Lord, it is incredible what you promise. Thank you, Lord, that it is so much different to what the world offers. That it is complete, that it is total, that we don't have to look anywhere else. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, Lord, we found you. Many of us have found you, but Lord, we just want, don't want to be those that, once we've found you, we then start going elsewhere. We don't want to be like those Revelation churches who started well but then went off track because of all sorts of things that came in. Difficult things, yes. But Lord, they went off track because they wanted to try and sort their own life out because it was hard or because they weren't prepared to count the cost. Lord, I pray, help us not to be like that. Help us to keep coming back, Jesus, to what you promise in your kingdom, to what you want us to have. Lord, we want to be those that fully embrace everything so that we can be the light in the darkness for those around us, our family, our friends, our work colleagues. Lord, we want to be that. We want to overflow to them in the darkness that they might have, God, that they may see the light that we have. Lord, we don't want anything to get in the way of that. So, Lord, help us. Thank you. Thank you for all that you offer us. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for coming and saving us. Thank you for giving up everything so that we could experience this. Lord, we want to we wanna honour you by experiencing the fullness of the kingdom in our lives. Because that's, that's what you died for. That's what you came for. So that we could know everything of that goodness and joy. So Lord, thank you. And Lord, help us, we pray. Holy Spirit, help us to live in a way that our system is healthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.